Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Uh, <laughs> it keeps going forever. Um, yes, just to clarify, because Christina, I'm not sure if I mentioned this to you, but uh, I don't. I, I hide the TalkShoe recording once I've downloaded it, and then I make it available to you guys through a Dropbox, so that it's not ever going to be seen by anyone else. So this becomes a really safe space in which to share questions, thoughts, ideas, uh, concerns. Uh, we have a group that is at a really mixed, <clears throat> mixed different levels of experience, different levels of at the training. So, um, uh, so the, the the key rule that I would like to think we have is that we leave judgment at the door, whether it's of ourselves or, or of anyone else. Um, all right. So this week's topic: um, <laughs> what to do when you feel you have to write but you don't really want to. So uh, I, I suggested that we have a look at um, whether you have experiences that, uh, like, how, what's your experience currently with writing and blogging, and how are you feeling about that? And I like, I'd like to go through, a, you know, around the circle and just get a, an idea of where everyone's at on this one. Uh, so Joy, do you want to go first? Sorry, had to unmute myself. Um, That's okay. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> where I am with that right now. I mean, the, for the past two months, I've actually been writing more than I used to, right. and it's become a lot easier. I really like the whole, you know, just getting into the practice of doing it and getting into the habit of it. Um, I I have that a lot, the whole, oh, I have to turn in my GVCA blog post now, and I really don't want to write anything right now. Um, yeah. what has helped me is to, um, I mean, what I like doing is I either, if I'm really not in the mood and don't have time, I just don't do it. Um, that's one thing. <laughs> and I wait for right. it, being in a better space, but in general, it helps me. Um, one thing I started doing is I, I get really inspired by my coaching sessions to write blog posts. So mm -hmm. what one thing I started doing is, um, after a coaching session, if I feel like, oh, this should go on a blog post to really just, you know. Uh, write down some notes of what what this could be about. Um, yep. And when it comes to it, I I mean I have a you know I have a folder where there are potential blog ideas, and that helps me to just go go in there. Sometimes I I start writing from that. Sometimes then just something else comes in mind because I'm like oh no this is all not good um, or not mm -hmm. where I am right now. Uh, so that that is something that helps me. And I think um, just the actual doing it anyways helps me a lot um okay. you know kind of getting over the i'm not really in the mood right now but just kind of getting in that space and being like my intention is to write a blog post now and even if it's just for that um i've submitted blog posts to gvca which i thought were great i've submitted some that were just like whatever i'm just submitting a blog post but it's still uh, it worked for me and um with my own blog it's funny because i'm i'm writing a lot of stuff but i'm still not uh publishing it yet that much and i'm mm -hmm. i'm going to get there when i'm ready it's more kind of that that thing but i'm not putting myself on a schedule yet because that i know i couldn't fulfill that right now so yeah i think that's a really um i i, I like um i like how your 
you're approaching this with a really high level of self-awareness. So we know that you know getting aligned first before we take action is always really crucial. And I particularly like how you're sort of, you know, you seem to be uh, flexible with that sense of sometimes I don't write when I'm not in the mood because I know, I, you know, I know not to. And other times when I don't think I'm in the mood, I can get myself to that energetic, you know, to, to alignment and then and then write. So I think that's really smart. I think that's that's incredibly smart. And I also think it's really smart that you haven't forced yourself into a schedule because you don't feel that that's right for you at the moment. And so you've given yourself permission to do it on a more uh, ad hoc basis, but you're still doing it um, regularly. So. Um, I, I like that. I like that self-awareness a lot, and I have to say, I'm, you know, having just spilled the beans about how I'm kind of going. I don't want to write blog posts at the moment. I'm sort of, uh, I'm finding myself thinking, on the one hand, wow, she's got it nailed much better than I do, and on the other hand, I'm giving myself permission to think, you know what, I don't need to write blog posts. Um, but I'm really, really glad that you've um, you found a comp. You seem to have found that sweet spot, which I think is brilliant. So. Thank you for that, and thank you for the insight into how you're how you're managing that and how you're managing your vibration around it. Um, Melanie, how about you? You know, I think I'm I'm similar to Joy in that um, I write when I feel like writing. I don't. I, I have a lot of evidence that I've built up over the years in working with you know entrepreneurs that um, some of them only blog once a month. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. You know, Martha Beck blogs maybe every three weeks, if that. Um, Danny Shapiro, a writer, she she blogs maybe once a month. And I still find myself waiting with the same anticipation to read their stuff. But, I, you know, I'm not upset that they're not writing more. So I give myself a lot of permission. It's important for me that I, that I feel inspired because wow. I just can't, I just can't write from a place of, of forcing that as you know I, I have to have something that I really want to say and um, I you know as I've worked with clients I think people feel like they have to blog like yeah I've helped people build businesses and they're building out their website and they're like I have to have a blog I'm like do you like to write no <laughs> then why do you have to have a blog Maybe yep. you enjoy doing video or maybe you d- would enjoy doing a podcast or some kind of recorded format. Like you don't have, it doesn't have to look a certain way. So I, you know, I don't necessarily, there is no way I'm going to have a video of myself. <laughs> so <laughs> that doesn't feel good to me, but it feels good to other people. So that's, I, I just, I give myself a lot of permission and a lot of, you know, freedom that being said, there are times when a month has gone by that I start to give myself shit about it. Right. So, yes. you know, yeah. then I wonder if I'm just avoiding or if, you know, if I really just don't have anything to say. So, you know, <laughs> but most of the time I'm pretty kind to myself about it. Excellent. And again, it's that self-awareness, isn't it, about sort of recognizing that you're that you find you you found a, an excuse to beat yourself up and and then giving yourself you know, forgiving that and and deciding what to do next. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Alrighty. Uh, and uh, no, I'm, I'm in case you're wondering, I'm going in the order that people's names are up in my dashboard. <laughs> um, so, uh, Christina, how about you? 
Um, I, I'm, I guess I'm the opposite. I have a schedule. I have a content management plan for my blog. Um, I write ahead uh, a week at a time, so everything that's going to be posted next week um, is either already written or is in the process of being written this week. Um, mm-hmm. I've also got some books out on Amazon too. Uh, that's what I—I I mean, that's what I consider myself to be—is pretty much a writer. And I'm not—I'm not scared of it. Um, you know, I know a lot of people will go like, "Oh no, I've got to write a blog for the course," and and that doesn't scare me. That's one of the things I'm good at. Um, so that doesn't bother me. If I do get I to meant, a point, and can I get a can I get a woohoo for saying I'm good at it? I think that's awesome for <laughs> you. <laughs> um, if I do get to the point where I'm like, you know, I just really don't want to write today, um, then I might do something else creative. I might, you know, look back and say, like, okay, when have I taken a day off? Um, you know, maybe I want to, you know, mess around with doing some photo stuff instead. Or maybe I just want to, like, get some ideas for some more content. So I might go over and, and do some um, look over at my blog feeder at the uh, – Gosh, I can't even think of what the name of that thing is now. I have like an RSS feed where I get ideas right. for content, and I might go flip through that, and I might just get some inspiration that way. And if there is something I really want to say, then I'll I'll just go ahead and post it, you know, right off the hand right there. I don't have to keep to my schedule. But that is one thing that um that I've tried to do is uh is have a, a plan and some type of a some type of content and if it gets to the point to where I'm just blocked, I might just put a video from YouTube up. But I try to do something I try to do something every week. So that's that's something that I don't have a problem with at all. I really like how you've got a structure and you're not locked into it in, in the sense that you don't you know, you don't you're not sitting there going, oh, I've got something to say, but I'm not allowed to until next week because I've, you know, <laughs> until the week after because I've already got that one for next week done. I think that's really smart. Um, you know, sometimes a structure, uh, I think when people aren't particularly self-aware, a structure can become a bit of a, um, I don't know, a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, a prison, you know, but, but structures can be the platform from which we, um, you know, from which we fly. Uh, thank you for that, Christina. That's fantastic. Polly, are you able to talk right now or are you right in the middle of a oh, special yeah. bit of hair, uh, hair drama? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so I haven't been blogging that long, but it's something that I, I want to do. But I really like the idea of doing the mixed media, so some video and some blogging. Cool. Cool. So. All right. Fantastic. Um, now, I, I I do want to speak a little bit about my own experience because I think – because I used to blog, and I, I – I've been told I write good blog posts and I think I do a reasonable job. And <laughs> uh, and I had got myself caught up in a, uh, a sense of my blog posts have to be so shiny and perfect that I was really resisting the idea of writing at all. So it really was in some ways at some level um, I was butting my head up against a rule that said I have to do a specific thing in a specific way and at the moment it doesn't feel too good to do that. So it was kind of, it was basically, you know, I mean this is Law of Attraction 101 uh, and and what was interesting to me was recognising that I, with everything that I know about Law of Attraction and how the brain works and all of those things that I could still fall into something that seemed as simple as that. and. For me, at least, what was very, 
what was very relieving and what got me back out of that horrible circular vicious spiral of doom was um was recognizing that there are people out there with successful businesses and an online presence who never blog at all they don't do videos they don't do podcasts um for Baku, uh Fatun Mishe is a, a a good example of someone who he doesn't blog he doesn't do newsletters he has a a closed Facebook group which he uses as his community base. He talks in there, he promotes his stuff in there and he has a website. And it's a pretty streamlined way of being and it certainly, it seems to run counter to the current wisdom that says, you know, that business has to look a certain way. And what I think is really interesting is that we know how this works from an energetic perspective. The story we tell is the reality that we experience. So the more we can unhook from any idea of I'm doing this because I have to, because that's the way you have to do it, that's the way everybody does it, uh, the more freedom that we experience and that always is always going to feel better. So so this, you know, so you, what I like, what I love about you guys is that you seem to be a representative of a whole mix of different approaches. Um, I don't get the feeling that we've got anyone in the group who's experiencing the drama that I was having. So I'm your representative drama person at the moment. <laughs> um, but just for future reference, if there's something that you come across in your business where you think, I have to do this a certain way, it's worth questioning that story and just finding out whether in fact that's a story coming from outside or whether it's just something that you're, you know, there's a bit of a, like Joy said, you, you, you know, that thing of, of being really discerning about is this just because I'm not really in the mood and I could get myself in the mood really easily and then write something brilliant or is it that I'm in a place where I really shouldn't be writing something for public consumption at the moment so that sense of uh, looking at yourself looking at your own energy in that moment and um, you know going back to that sense of alignment first and then action I think is really useful Um, I think you guys have got a really good handle on this I have to say I don't know that there's anything more anything much more to tease out around this I know that this will be the discussion for the Friday call and you all of you have plenty of really clear and grounded uh, you've got a really good and clear and grounded sense of of how you handle this and what you do about it and how you manage it Um, has anybody got any other things they want to add or questions they want to ask about about the question of writing and blogging because it's not just about blogging it's also about writing in any form are there any questions you've got or thoughts you want to share before we wrap up the call for today because I actually think that this has been very like like I said you guys seem pretty clear on this I don't know that there's much more to add but but I don't want to make, <clears throat> make space for questions so anything I have a question. (laughs) Go for Um, it. Absolutely go for it. Never hesitate to ask a question. Go for it. um, In terms of, I mean, we were talking last time about, you know, the value-based marketing and providing an actual value, um, you know, in the the things that we write or in the blog post. To me, I'm still in that phase of really trying to figure out what that means you know, and, um, or how, how I want to write things, you know, I feel like, um, Jeanette has an interesting mix of, you know, writing personal stuff, but also being like, always like very, um, I don't even know if it's a how to approach, but you know, it's, it's, 
Yeah. There's always there's a clear topic, there's a clear thing going on, and it's a very you know. And I'm still very much in the process of figuring out how what my write what my blogging style is, or in terms of how do I deliver value? Because I think there's so many ways of doing that, and I have no clue what what sticks for me right now. I'm still very much in the process of trying different things out, and um, yeah, I wonder if you have any ideas on that. Well, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about how Jeanette has a very mixed approach with her blog. Um, but there is a there is a commonality between all of her blog posts, and that is, someone reading it is likely to learn something from it. So whether she's talking about her own experience, uh, Jeanette will talk very openly about a lot of her own personal and private experiences, but she talks about them after it's over. You know, once it's more or less once it's handled, not all the time. Sometimes she'll talk about it when she's still in the in the process of trying to figure out the solution. But she's she's still making that space um, a, a, a like if you like a playground for people to come in with that sort of uh, law of attraction wisdom and to offer solutions. She'll also sometimes bring a client question to the to the blog post, and that's because she's already got a community there, which of course means that there's a conversation happening. Um, but in terms of service-based marketing, I think it is that. The, the how of it, the style that you bring to it, the content that you bring, it sort of doesn't matter. I, I, you can either choose to have a very, um, you know, a kind of uh, something that's, that's or, you know, you can, sorry, I'll start that sentence again. Um, I did a workshop, a writing workshop with uh, Mark Silver, who is, um, he calls himself the heart-centered marketer, something like that, anyway, or heart-centered entrepreneur, uh, I can't remember his thing, but he talked very clearly about having a specific structure for articles and blog posts and I actually found that kind of restrictive. Um, his suggestion was that you find a particular question that somebody has asked and then you find a way to answer it and he uses a particular structure for how he does that. Um, and I thought there's merit in the idea of you know, being inspired by, you know, you talk about how uh, an idea will come from a coaching session because clearly somebody's had something that you've been able to assist them with and out of that has grown an idea of how you might then use that to, to share with um, a broader audience. And obviously you're not sharing the details because of client confidentiality. So I'm assuming that what you're doing is taking that inspiration and using that as a way to answer questions that readers might have. Um, in my view... As soon as you write something that helps one person, that counts as service-based marketing or being of value. Uh, if you're writing something that helps, you know, 10 people, it's value-based. It's it's being of service. So, so where where are you getting your inspirations at the moment? You mentioned that you're getting some, you know, your your you've got a folder of ideas and so on. Is that the sort of thing that's inspiring you, the idea that you can, oh, here's an idea that other people might find useful? You know, I'm really, I'm, I'm very much still trying to figure that out, what, what you know, how I want to go about it. I mean, one thing is, yeah, I find, you know, from coaching sessions, like I, the common themes or things like that are, are inspiring yep. sometimes yeah. for me to write about. But whether to write about them 
in a you know more descriptive way or more engaging the reader in them you know asking direct questions to the reader or not yeah those those kind of writing style things i'm still trying to figure out um i think how, how i think works. part of that yeah i i think to be honest from my perspective that finding that's that's the part of the process of finding your voice and you you as you're experimenting of finding your own voice um if you read blogs by like if you read lisa's blog and you read jeanette's blog they're very different the voice is very different the mm-hmm. style is very different the approach is very different and the only way that you really discover your own is to just that's one of those areas where just keep writing is probably the the most reliable way to get there um but does anybody else have any other ideas that they'd like to suggest for joy or strategies that she might want to use this is melanie i have some thoughts about it cool so i know i know some writers um who really do have their own formula like tell a story tell how the story relates to me then you know talk about how it might relate to the reader that's one formula I think that finding your own formula is very much like Janet's saying, which is, you know, finding your voice. But I don't think you ever go wrong in telling a story and telling how that story affected you. So even though I may not follow that formula in my my own writing, I think that, you know, I'm I'm the book shaman. I'm all about story, right? Everything in my life revolves around story, and I think that that's how we relate to each other. So mm. there's a way that you can do it that doesn't feel preachy. I mean, I don't know. This isn't, you know, knocking the the five tips or the seven secrets or the, you know, ten ways. Um, but I find myself relating a lot less to things like that than how I might relate to somebody telling me something, you know, personal. And it doesn't have to be, you know, like something you don't want to share, but saying something, how, you know, telling a story about something personal and how you were affected by it or how you learned from it. I I find I get a lot more from people when I'm relating to them on that intimate level, on that vulnerability level, like Brene Brown talks about, than I am by feeling like someone has to tell me how I'm going to figure something out. Does that make any sense? That makes perfect sense. And I love how you just use the word preachy because that's where I'm like, oh, God, if I write like this, it sounds preachy. And I don't know how that, you know, sometimes I honestly want to be able to write that way in a way that it doesn't sound preachy, you know, that it's still like useful for people. But I think I'm better at the telling the story stuff. And um, yeah. Well, and I think people relate to that a lot. I mean, here's the thing. Readers, I, I don't feel as a reader that I want to be sort of, I, w- I want to be considered smart. I want to figure some things out on my own. I want to draw my own interpretation and extrapolate my own. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about reading. Like, not everyone is going to come to your writing in the same place. So, just sharing your story, I think, is a really powerful way for people to meet your story where they're at. I think that's such a great point, Melanie, and I, I agree with you. Just from the um, perspective of brain science, bringing, putting my geek hat on for a moment, 
uh, our brain delivers every aspect of reality to us. All of our conscious awareness of reality comes through our brain. And our brain talks to us in narrative all the time. This is why story is so powerful that whether it's a visual narrative or a, 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 an auditory narrative, whether we think in words or pictures, it's still the all of our little pieces of reality arrive at us in, in the form of stories. Um, so when we're writing, um, we can in, that's why when we write, if we can use story, whether we're using, and for me, I often find myself using metaphor um, to illuminate a, a point that I want to make. Uh, and very often that metaphor, that, that story is, is fictional. Um, so sometimes I'll use a specific client question and the story around that. Sometimes I'll use my own story and sometimes I use something that's completely made up. Uh, if you've read my first book, I actually used um, speculative fiction short stories to illuminate the, the, the point that I was making in each section uh, around the brain science research because I, it felt like a really powerful way to engage the reader in a sense of what is possible. You know, what if, what if this, what's, what would happen if the brain, current brain science research, what, what will happen when it becomes mainstream and everybody knows how to do this? How will that change the future? Um, and that was a really fun way to do it. Now, I'm not suggesting everybody has to write speculative fiction to, to you know, to make a point, but I think that um, using story uh, as an anchor point and as a, um, it's, it, if you like, I think Melanie's right, it's our, it's our easiest way to connect with our reader. And again, both Lisa and Jeanette use story in their blog posts, and yet their styles are radically different. Um, and so see, I think that's know, where the voice comes in, Janet. I think that exactly. when yeah. you get to the point where you can you know, tell a story as if you were speaking to a friend, I don't believe in writing for, for someone. Like I, I think writing for yourself whether yeah. it's through you're processing something or you're, you know, well, most of the time I think you're processing something when you're writing, right? Yeah, but yes. um, I agree. You know, when you're asking those deep questions of yourself and you're answering and you're sort of writing for yourself, that is super powerful. Those are the, the blogs to me that go viral. And what's interesting to me is that I, I suspect that the, one of the reasons that I had this mini meltdown around blogging is that, I'd lost sight of that and I'd started to think that I was blogging because I needed to do it in order to be in business. And that's a really, really bad reason to blog. So I think it comes down to that sense of, you know, um, uh, because I do want to, I mean, I do want to reiterate that that it, it is not required, it's not essential, but I mean, obviously we do have to have some channel for, you know, some conduit, some bridge to be able to share our stuff. Um, and blogging is in some ways... Uh, it's technically the easiest, I guess, because anybody can set up a blog, you know, blog uh, site. Um, writing, writing well, and writing for your, you know, writing for your. I think that. Sorry, again, start the sentence again. Um, I, I agree with you, Melanie. That writing for a, a, an imagined person has never really worked for me. I do find it helpful to feel some connection when I do write. I do, like when I was writing my first book, I was writing for a specific reader and the reader I was writing for was somebody sitting on a, on a long train trip with a, wanting to read a short, a very short e-book that had them so riveted to the content that 
by the end of it, they were going, oh, my God, my mind is completely blown. So, was that the book you were looking to write or to read? Were, were you searching for that yourself? No, I wasn't. I, I love reading books like that. I love that experience of having my <laughs> mind blown. And that's, I think, what I wanted to replicate for somebody else. But I really wanted to kind of get that sense of um, stretching the reader's mind beyond what they might expect from a short Kindle book. There was that sense of I'm, I want to I want to push the envelope here. I'm really going to take the reader in directions that they didn't they they wouldn't necessarily expect to go. So, you know, for example, having that short story, those short stories interspersed at the end of chapters. There's nothing about that in the blurb. The blurb of the book doesn't say, oh, by the way, you're going to get some, you're going to get to meet, visit a colony on Mars. There was none of that. So that would have come as a real surprise to the reader. And when I was when I was doing the editing, you know, the final edit, I was really gleeful about the fact that people were going to stumble across this. And some of them might not. I've not yet had a single person say that, you know, the short stories spoiled the book for them. I, it seems to have worked. So, so that sense of um, not limiting yourself to try... It's, I know what it is. I don't think it works to try and please some imagined reader and bend yourself out of shape and become a writer, you know, become not yourself in order to sort of try and meet that imagined need that you're that you that you think you're writing for. It is really about being true to your own voice. I think that's really key. Um, and so I don't know that it's a bad thing to have an imagined reader necessarily as long as that doesn't pull you off center of who you truly are. So it's about writing for yourself first and you're, you know, because if, you, if you're working on an ideal client profile, for example, you might want to see whether your ideal client is going to come along with you for that journey. Um, but I think it's something to play with. I, I, Except, I, you know, I just had, and I don't, I don't want to just keep talking on and on, and I know we were going to keep it short, but I'm so, I yes. just had the most amazing experience two weeks ago with a client on the phone as I took her through an ideal client profile. Yeah. She wrote it all out. We wrote it all out together. And then yeah. I read it back to her as if it was her. And every single thing that she wrote was her. Yeah. So I it's think like that... we are kind of, even if we're writing for, for someone that we think is out there, I still think it's probably ourselves. I think that's. I think you've actually hit the nail on the head, Melanie. I think our ideal client is us, whether it's us as we were before we did this work, or whether it's us as we wish we were, or a blend of both. My, I know with my mm -hmm. ideal client, my ideal client is a blend of who I was and who I'm becoming, as well as yes. who I am now. Yes, and, and you know why? My big aha moment came when I realized. <laughs> that I, I'm, I'm so excited about this to tell you about it because my big aha came after we did that process and she's like, I am my ideal client. I said, think of the allegory of the cave. When we are coaching, we are leading someone who's probably right behind us. If we were so far ahead, yeah. they wouldn't even be able to see our flashlight. They couldn't exactly. get out of the cave that way. Anyways, I'll stop. No, no, I, like, look, I think that's a really, uh, such a good point and I think it's a really good reminder because, I don't know about you guys, but there have been, there have been moments in my journey towards where I am now of thinking, 
Who am I to teach this stuff? Who am I to coach? Who am I? I don't have it all figured out. I don't live the perfect life yet. And that's the whole point. That's why we love it when we read somebody's when we read somebody's blog and they share with us something that went pear shaped and what they did about it. The reason we love it is because we love that they're human and vulnerable and and imperfect too. You know, in that sense of I mean, we are all perfect, of course, and there are times where we forget that and we sort of stumble around in the dark. And when we share that experience and how we got out of it, the people who are still stumbling around in that same piece of dark, they're the ones who are going to go to get those those epiphanies and go, oh my God, that's genius. So I agree with you, Melanie. I think that idea of the ideal client as being somebody completely separate is it's a useful exercise. It's a useful sort of way of thinking about it because... But but at the same time, you know, it's that, that, that thing of being connected and we are all one. We're all in this together. So, yes, I think writing for ourselves is um, is really the... It may well be the secret to it. And without, the, without this discussion, that wouldn't make sense. Do you know what I mean? It's like... If you were to say that to someone, they'd go, "Well, that's ridiculous." But 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 once you see the sequence that makes it make sense, then we can sort of step into it really easily. Is that making sense to everyone else, or is it just Melanie and me? Mm-hmm. I like it. I mean, I definitely wrote that down as the you know blogging for myself and not for others, and just really you know putting that using that more again as, as that center I like that a lot even though if it's you know the outside for example GBCA asking me for a post or having an imagined sure. readership I, I really like that I think you can I think this is one Joy your sound's going a bit weird but I'm I'm not going to cut you off um, just letting you know uh, I think what I like about this idea is that it's not an either or when you're asked to do a blog post for GVCA and a specific readership and all the rest of it, you guys are clue in enough to be able to make it an and, and. So you're writing for the imagined readership and myself. You're writing for GVCA and myself. And I think bringing that to the writing experience is going to make it, it's going to make it juicier. And the thing of finding your voice, that really is just a question of doing it until you, it's a bit like, you know when you make, the first time you make a recipe, a specific recipe that you've never made before and you stick to the ingredients because you don't want to muck around with it too much. But by the time you've made it four or five times, you're, you know, you're adding a little more salt, a little less sugar, a little more wine, a little less coconut. I don't know what I'm making that's got wine and coconut in it. Anyway, um, but you know, you adapt it, you, it and that becomes your own voice. So we do this with every one of our creative pursuits, whether it's cooking or photography or painting or whatever. We start out kind of following the rules and then we we find our own voice just by doing it. And it that and it's an organic and uh natural process and, and it and it will the more you do it, Joy, the the more comfortable you'll feel with it. All right, sweet. Um, it's quarter two. I'm going to end the call now. Unless anybody's got anything else that they want to add in, uh, I'm happy to keep going. But I'm conscious I promised 30 minutes and we went over, but that's because Melanie and I got really excited about writing. <laughs> You've inspired me to sit down and write a blog post. I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm inspired. I just wrote out on my notes. I have a blog post now. I have to tell about this cave analogy and the ideal client. Like, why am I not sharing that? So this has been good fodder for me. Thank you. Fantastic. Excellent. All right. Well, my I think my sound is now 
going a bit flaky as well. So I am going to end the call. Thank you all so much. Um, I will send an email out and um, I will also c communicate with Lisa just to check up about what's happening with the coaching calls for you know the next few Tuesdays. Um, but we will need to see if we can find a, a, another time to meet so that um, by the time the change of seasons happens, we've got something a bit more... Um, a bit more flexible, a bit more user-friendly. All right, um, thank you all so much. I'm going to end the recording now.